the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 911, what is your emergency? I need help. There's some people outside. I think they're trying to break into my garage. They're breaking into your home right now? Yeah. Can you send some police? What kind of police? What do you mean, what kind of police? Due to recent policy changes regarding police brutality, we need to ensure that the officers we send out are guaranteed to not be viewed as racist, trigger-happy, discriminatory in the event of a violent confrontation. So, Can you just send someone to help? I don't know what these people want. My family is here and... Oh my God, they just got into the garage. Please send some help. In order to send help, I need to know what race the perpetrators are, their age, their sexual orientation, what gender they are. Do they have a criminal record? Are they on drugs? If they are armed, and if so, what are they armed with? I don't care about any of that. Send help now. Sir, we cannot send white officers out there if the perpetrators breaking into your home are non-Caucasian. I can't send officers out there with guns if the alleged burglars are not armed. So, I need to know. (laughs) Sir? Sir? Now, what is your emergency? This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Can you believe that 911 call? Can you see that coming? I can. I can see it clearly. No cops or no protection because cops will be there to protect themselves first. Kind of like the doctors now. We have health insurance, just no health care because no one thought about what happens. What happens if education to become a doctor costs Cost your uh, ten years of your life and two hundred to five hundred thousand dollars in education, and then when you uh, when you get out, you don't get to make any money. And I mean, uh, after paying that price, eighty thousand dollars a year is no money. So, uh, and if you haven't had a chance to en- enjoy anything in the healthcare in the healthcare experience lately, then uh, maybe you don't know yet. But trust me, Obamacare is a disaster for healthcare. We all got insurance and just no health care. So uh, we have lots going on this week, and I want to get to it. But before I can, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located in the city of Marino Valley. Also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Orange, and Westlake Village to service all of Southern California for all your real estate financing needs. If you want to get involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, whether that's buying or refinancing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And one last time, day or night, toll-free, 855-640-2020. 
hear something that you want repeated, you can uh, get the replay on Ed on edhoffman.net. Click on Listen to the Main Event, and you could hear uh, this show as well as four past shows. Or you can also get me on iTunes and uh, just go to iTunes, search Ed Hoffman. You'll find my podcast. You can subscribe for free and have it download once a week on your computer, your iPad, your iPod, your iPhone, your iWatch. Uh, your eyeballs anyway, and listen to it anytime, anytime that you want. Uh, if you want to, if you want to get some information, but you don't want to call because you're at the office and you don't want your neighbors hearing your stuff, your uh, personal information, or maybe you just don't know until I tell you your credit's fine, that your credit is fine. If you're not sure, because those of us that have great credit know it because it's a conscious decision to make sure that we do but uh but if for for any other reason that you don't want to talk you want to you want to do it on the on the internet go to edhoffman.net click apply now fill in the form give me as much information as you want me to have and tell me what information you're looking for and you'll hear back from me or one of my teammates alex rojas matt bradbury or randy sampius um, if you want to, uh, follow me on Twitter, you can hear my opinionated rants all week, uh, read them all week on, uh, whatever's going on at Ed Hoffman and, uh, find us on Facebook at the main event 590 and, uh, and like us. So, uh, last week I interviewed, uh, uh, Sar- uh staff sergeant, Joey Jones, Johnny, Joey Jones, triple J, um, who represents the boot campaign, a, fi- a, a nonprofit that uh, helps out veterans where the government leaves off, helps them out in uh, in many ways that our our uh, injured veterans come come back from uh, from uh, serving our country, protecting our freedom, and uh, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to that interview, go to my website and uh, and get the uh, interview from last week's show. Um, but we'll be doing a big event in my office on Saturday, July twenty fifth. It's called Push Ups for Charity. Um, if you'd like to participate, it's uh, basically do as many push-ups as you can in 90 minutes. Um, and whether you can do push-ups or you can't do push-ups, you can come out and enjoy the event and uh, have people sponsor you. If you're going to push-up, get people to sponsor you for how much, how many push-ups you think you'll do. And uh, I'm going to do a live broadcast from 9.30 to 10.30 on July 25th. We'll broadcast from, uh, from the office there. And at 10.30, we'll start the push-up event. We'll have have uh, news teams out there, and we'll have uh, all kinds of people. We'll have uh, the barbecues going, maybe a hot dog truck, some popcorn, some cotton candy. It'll be fun. We'll have uh, lots of fun out there. I know I've got support from a bunch of guys that I financed out at March Air Force Base. Uh, so, th- so we'll have some. Uh, We'll have some veterans out there. We'll have some. It'll just going to be a blast of fun. My son has uh, has challenged me to a uh, to a fundraising uh, contest and uh, who can do the most push-ups. So go to edhoffman.net. The big thing on there is the push-ups for charity. Come out and enjoy it. Join in, and it's for a great charity that does a lot of good stuff. Uh, and uh, we will have a representative from the Boot Campaign. Also go to bootcampaign.org to uh to support that charity as well um so first of all i got uh, two two guests on the show first thing i got we got an event coming up july 9th at the double tree hotel that we're sponsoring uh to help uh, ann coulter support her new book and on the show we have ann coulter ann coulter syndicated syndicated columnist and conservative icon uh, out with her 11th book, Adios America, The Left's Plan to Turn Our Country into the Third World Hellhole. Uh, probably be your 11th, 11th uh, bestseller. Ann Coulter, welcome to the main event. 
Yes, it is the 11th bestseller. It's a, is it already on the bestsellers list? Yes, debuted at number two. Nice. On bestsellers list, which is amazing since it's pretty much only been promoted on radio and blogs and uh, web and, pages. <laughs> and all the, all the shows that you're on. Which would be a couple on Fox. Yeah, Fox. Well, that's the only the only TV that's the only TV channel I have on my TV. So, because uh, my wife and I are are news junkies. So, for the for the people in in Radio Land that uh, give us the give us the cliff notes off the back of the book of what you want people to know about this book. Well, it's short. It's punchy. It's funny. It's not as long as it looks. There are a hundred pages of footnotes, and I think the gist of it is summarized in the title, "Adios America." the left's plan, although the left, um, it's not only the left, that was the one, the one error, um, a little dispute with my publisher on that, it's, it's the left, it's Republicans, it's Marco Rubio, it is a big plan of the elites in America to turn our country into a third world hellhole. Or, uh, or maybe a lack of a plan, because no one's paying attention. Um, no, no, it's, it's what they're paying attention. Americans are paying attention. They've shut down amnesties that have come before Congress three times in the last decade. And it wasn't because there was any major media figure denouncing it. There wasn't a major politician denouncing it other than um, Jeff Sessions, senator from Alabama, God bless him, and a few fabulous congressmen. But every time the, the American people have a chance to to express their views on, on the continuing transformation of our country into some other lesser and more corrupt country, they've, they've voted against it, as they did in the 2014 election. Um, but Republican elites um, elected Republicans, Chamber of Commerce, just keep ignoring them. The gist of this is the the what we'd call the browning of America. The there's so many so many new immigrants, and the immigrants come over with their with their own ideas, and they and they don't come over to be Americans. They come over to be uh, Mexicans in America. Um, y- yes, we're also taking immigrants from very different very, very different cultures than we ever did before. The pre-1970 immigrants are a whole, are a whole different species from post-1970 immigrants. Uh, it comes out of uh, Teddy Kennedy's 1965 Immigration Act, which was designed to change the country in a direction more favorable to left-wing policies. Now that we're so close to the tipping point, Democrats brag about it. They laugh about it. Ha ha, it's George McGovern's revenge. 1965 Immigration Act was the greatest gift to the Democratic Party, another one said. Um, and, and it's worked. Uh, the Democratic Party hasn't been able to get a majority of white people in America to vote for its presidential nominee since 1948, other than in the um, 1964 landslide. So they decided to bring in ringers. They're going to bring in new voters. Fine, Americans, you won't vote for us. We'll bring in new voters. Well, to get to ensure that they would be new voters for the Democrats, and they have been voting 8-2 to two for the Democrats um, post-1970 immigrants, um, and, and that generations of, of them would, um, we're bringing in the poorest of the poor from, from around the world, turning our country into a battered woman's shelter, which is extremely expensive for, um, <laughs> but not for, um, the people who are doing it aren't the ones who are paying it. It's middle-class Americans paying for the jail costs, the police costs, the rapes, the murders, um, the massive welfare consumption, and the rich get, get cheap maids. So... You have the working class and middle class subsidizing cheap labor for the rich and votes for the Democrats. And do you think there's a a chance to turn that around at this point? Yes. Yes. I wouldn't have written the book otherwise. Um, 
Do you think? Um, do you think enough people in this country that vote are going to get it? I don't know. I don't know, Ed. We'll have to see about that. I mean, I. I um, but I make there it, is still time, it. or I wouldn't have written the book. Um, we just need. We just need a presidential candidate to come forward, as Romney did. Um, but Americans were lied to about about Romney. He was the toughest on immigration we've had since Dwight Eisenhower. He, as governor, vetoed in-state tuition bills for illegal aliens. He, he vetoed free health care for illegal aliens. Um, he threatened to veto driver's licenses for illegal aliens. So that bill never made it to his desk. He struck a deal with the federal government to allow Massachusetts state troopers um, to arrest illegal aliens. And he never backed away when he was running from president from saying he would enforce E-Verify, put a fence on the border, and, and illegal aliens would self-deport. They'd go back the same way they came. Um, but you had, you know, fake phony frauds like Sarah Palin denouncing Romney as, as a rhino right through June, while she supported Newt Gingrich, the candidate who wanted to immediately, um, no, we won't give, we won't, we won't put them on a path to legalization with a green card. We'll give them red cards. Um, he opposed offense. I mean, all all the candidates do, other than Romney. Romney was Ronald Reagan on immigration, um, and I wish we would recruit him to have him run again. The rest of the candidates right now are a disaster, other than Donald Trump, and it appears Scott Walker. And uh, I was going to bring up Donald Trump because I saw some stuff that uh, you'd said about Donald Trump and you brought up a fence. And and I always said the next the only thing we should be borrowing from the Chinese is the blueprints for the wall and right. and build it there. Um, what's your what is what's your position on Donald Trump? Um, well, generally, I'm opposed to uh, candidates who haven't. Run, anyone running for president who hasn't been a governor. They, they waste our time. They, they, they throw people off. You, um, they're not going to be the nominee. It's going to be a former governor. And, and I've been fooled by this before, and I encourage Republicans not to be fooled by it, not to have 18 million candidates running for president. It's not going to be Carly Fiorina. Yeah, she's very articulate, but <laughs> she's never held elective office. She's not going to be the nominee. It's not going to be Ben Carson. It wasn't going to be Newt Gingrich or Michelle Bachman or Herman Cain. And, and it's very harmful to our eventual nominee to even have these people um, in, in the primary at all and in the debate screwing everything up. Um, but in Donald Trump's case, it's the only time I make an exception because he is the only one aggressively talking about immigration. And I think only be because of that, that's the only way immigration is going to come up. I promise you, in the presidential debates, none of the moderators, including, quote, our moderators, they have carefully chosen their, the, conservative, the conservatives who are allowed to qu choose questions as conservatives who stand with the Chamber of Commerce, conservatives who love amnesty. Um, there will be a million questions on gay marriage and, and global warming and transgenderism and, and abortion in the case of rape and blah, blah, blah. There will not be a single question on immigration but for, I think, Donald Trump being in the race. You think you think uh, the conservative moderators are gonna are gonna go social in in the debates? Are gonna what? You, they're gonna go with the social issues in the debates. They're not gonna talk about talk about foreign policy and immigration. No, they'll and, probably talk just about ISIS because because four Americans were killed in Syria by ISIS. So don't worry about the tens of thousands of Americans being killed in America by immigrants. Let's 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 fixate on what's happening seven thousand miles away. Make sure Americans never think about what's happening in their own country and how they're most likely to be killed. Well, I've been making it my uh, my uh, 
the reason for my radio show is to get people talking, and I hope and I know that that's why you're writing these books so people read them and and start to think. And I just don't think enough people think they're more they're more interested in uh, the Dodgers and the Lakers than they are their own country and their future and their kids' future and their grandkids' future. That's they they would be if they thought about it, but that's why the media doesn't want you thinking about it. Exactly. So uh, I saw I saw your interview with uh, Jorge Ramos on Univision. Uh, Americans should fear immigrants more than ISIS, and obviously you. Uh, angered some people there uh is is what motivates you to say things like that to to provoke big reactions is it fun or was it accident the way i say things is because i think they're true um that's always been my policy when things are true i say them well exactly so do i i like to stir the stuff up with the truth and uh and i and i do take some personal enjoyment from uh from uh, bringing up stuff you're not supposed to talk about at Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, where you don't talk about religion and politics. Why not? What else is there to talk about that's important? No, you're absolutely right, Ed. That was the motto in our family. Thanksgiving dinner is a failure unless we argue about both religion and politics. Exactly. So, uh, uh, <laughs> which, which makes, the, makes the charm of Thanksgiving and seeing your family members. I have, I have one that that won't re- won't she'll respond to every one of my emails except for will you finally admit that Obama that Obama vote was a mistake and uh, I can't get a response on that one okay so uh, you will be here with us to uh, talk about your book and to actually sign them on uh, Thursday July 9th at the Doubletree Hotel in Ontario uh, VIP starts at 5:30 but VIP is sold out. If you guys want to uh, come and uh, listen and get a uh, autograph, autograph copy of Anne's book and meet Anne, uh, that's uh, Thursday, the 9th of July at the Double Tree, uh, sponsored by yours truly at Hoffman Wholesale Capital, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you out there. Anne, uh, anything, anything that you need to uh, to tell everybody before they come? Uh, it's a great book. I look forward to reading it myself. I this one I haven't I haven't had a chance to get to, but I promise you before July 9th I will have read it cover to cover. Great to talk to you, Ed. Okay. Bye. Hey, look forward to seeing you on uh, the 9th. Okay, so those of you that uh that want to see us out there, that's uh July 9th, uh Thursday night at the DoubleTree in Ontario. So so now in the studio with me my favorite guest, Mr. Scott McAfee, uh purveyor of Rialto of uh, Don's Bikes and Rialto and Redlands to uh, to discuss all this other stuff that's going on in this country. Scott, welcome back to the main event. Thanks for having me back, Ed. It's great to be behind the pulpit with you. Exactly. So we can we can uh, be so politically incorrect, and uh, we have some more some more people jumped in the race this this uh, this week. Well, it kind of looks that way. Obviously, the big announcement was Jeb Bush and and his announcement and. Um, uh, obviously, but but this has been hinted around forever, so it's very anticlimactic to me. I mean, he's been doing interviews for the last like what couple months. I agree completely. I agree. It's uh, anticlimactic. It's like, uh, hey, you know, we knew he was in, but he didn't. He, you know, he he made a speech. He had some good stuff in his speech, but it sounded like just a his version of Rick Perry's speech and his version of of uh, Ted Cruz's speech and oh. his version of. Of somebody else's speech. Yeah, I'm really excited to have actually about Lindsey Graham jumping in the race because now there's somebody that I like less than Jeb Bush. Okay. I actually uh <laughs> I actually I actually don't dislike Jeb Bush. I just don't I just see so many other people that do dislike him that we have so many other good uh, good uh good candidates. There's su- there's such a good menu of 
of options that we don't have to go with Jeb Bush. Correct. Correct. And I think there's obviously a lot of qualified people in the race now. Uh, you know, problems with Jeb Bush. Uh, well, we should maybe play a clip or two. Let's play a clip Jeb or Bush. two. Let's play clip one there, Daniel. Every school should have high standards and the federal government should have nothing to do with setting them. Nationwide, if I'm president, we will take the power of choice away from the unions and bureaucrats and give it back to parents. I actually don't disagree with that. And obviously he's trying to counter what everybody doesn't like about his support of Common Core. Well, yeah, I mean, he supported Common Core, but then he's saying he doesn't want the federal government involved. Isn't that what Common Core is? Uh, as I understand it, yes. It's a federal program that's supposed to uh, set up these standards for all over the country. I, I don't get it. I, it looks like he's backtracking because obviously somebody that works in his campaign said, hey, you may want to reverse your opinion on this. Well, I know that uh, when I heard George W. Bush speak, he talked about education standards and and obviously he's the one that started a common core will have happened in his administration that uh high school high school parents were high school teachers were saying they weren't they're not happy with their job because the kids get to high school and they can't read and he's saying hey if they're getting to high school they can't read maybe we should have some standards so that we catch that in 4th grade instead of in 11th grade and uh i think it maybe uh I'm I'm giving I'm giving Jeb the 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 benefit of the doubt, but uh, but again we've got we've got more options. So what he said I liked. What okay. he said he li- I liked. I'm not sure if it's coming from the heart or not because of things he said before. But let's go to the next clip. These have been rough years for religious charities and their right of conscience. And the leading Democratic candidate recently hinted of more trouble to come. Secretary Clinton insists that when the progressive agenda encounters religious beliefs to the contrary, those beliefs, quote, have to be changed. That's what she said. That's what she said. And I guess we should at least thank her for the warning. The most galling example is the shabby treatment of the Little Sisters of the Poor a Christian charity that dared to voice objections of conscience to Obamacare. The next president needs to make it clear that great charities like the Little Sisters of the Poor need no federal instruction in doing the right thing. It comes down to a choice between the Little Sisters and Big Brother, and I'm going with the sisters. Again, I agree, but... Everybody else, everybody else is taking uh, taking shots at, at Hillary. Nothing new. Obviously, Hillary's an atheist. There's no news there. Um, you know, it, it's it's a fairly uncontroversial thing to say. I stand with charity. Oh, hooray, Jeb! You stand with charity. Exactly. That's great. Good for you. Okay, next clip. It's still a mystery to me why, in these violent times, the president a few months ago thought it relevant at a prayer breakfast to bring up the Crusades. Americans don't need lectures on the Middle Ages when we're dealing abroad with modern horrors committed by fanatics. From the beginning, our president and his foreign policy team have been so eager to be the history makers that they failed to be the peacemakers. With their phone-it-in foreign policy, the Obama-Clinton-Kerry team 
is leaving a le legacy of crises uncontained, violence unopposed, enemies unnamed, friends undefended, and alliances unraveling. And uh, basically, it's more more of the same thing that everybody else is saying. But you pointed out that he said he didn't say Muslim fanaticals. He said he fanatics. just said fanaticals. And then he said uh, enemies unnamed. We uh, can name them. We can. Name I them. could name them right now. Yeah, Muslim fanatics, Muslim terrorists, and then of course half of the government. Uh, ISIS, Hezbollah, uh, they're all Muslim fanatical groups that have been raising hell in the Middle East. Uh, it's easy to name them. Is that a double, is that a double, uh, a double negative? Muslim, Muslim fanatics? Muslim fanatics. Uh, I think Are, anymore it's pretty much one and the same. But. I, I would agree. Okay, let's go to the next clip. This supposedly risk-adverse administration is also running a straight in the direction of the greatest risk of all, military inferiority. It will go on automatically until a president steps in to rebuild our armed forces and take care of our troops and our veterans. And they have my word, I will do it. Okay, I think uh, we hear that again. You know, I, I agree with what he says, but it's more the same of everything. Yep, exactly. It's just kind of more boring rhetoric. It's it's very robotic. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm not getting all that excited, Ed. I'm not. The hair on my arms is not standing up. And nope. but we're we're out of time for part one. Uh, we're gonna come back uh, after some uh, commercials and some traffic and some weather, and uh, we're gonna go through uh, the more exciting stuff that happened this week. Uh, don't go away, Scott and I. I'll be right back. We're back with part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I'm not talking a lot about mortgages this week, but if you need one, we all get our money the same place. The rates are the same and the method is the same, except for the customer service and who you've got advising you if, they, uh, if they're ethical, have some character, and do the right thing and have some common sense. So if you hear some common sense, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. Buying, refinancing, uh, houses to live in, uh, vacation homes, rental houses, and reverse mortgages. But we do it all, 855-640-2020. So in the studio, I have Scott McAfee, uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, co-host here. Uh, Scott, welcome back once again. Thanks, Ed. And it makes me feel good to say, you know, for you to tell me I'm your favorite. You had some good guests, exactly. you know. And uh, I feel uh, special. Yes, you are special. That's why Thanks. I have you on so often. <laughs> Plus, I'm thinking I'm going to get a better deal on a bike here pretty soon. That might happen. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, if you guys need a bike, uh, uh, in case I haven't mentioned it, Scott also owns Don's Bikes, one of the top 100 bike shops in the country, uh, located in Rialto and in Redlands. So uh, we were talking about Jeb Bush. Um, he had one more clip that we had. He was actually off script because the script they handed out, this wasn't included. He was talking about his family and how he met his wife in, uh, in Mexico, and he, uh, he made this comment off script. By the way, just, just so that our friends know, the next president of the United States will pass meaningful immigration reform so that that will be solved, not by executive order. I understand the point he's making, but what does meaningful 
uh, immigration reform mean? Uh, that means legalizing a bunch of people that are here illegally. Uh, obviously, and that's the biggest problem I have with Jeb Bush is he's not going to secure the border. His brother didn't, his dad didn't, and he's not going to do it either. Uh, and obviously, that's one of the biggest problems facing our country. I mean, we're being buried uh, with illegal immigrants. We got to pay for their health care, their incarceration, their education. We're, it's bankrupting us, not to mention the crime, the drugs that are coming across the border. And, and all this guy's doing is talking about meaningful immigration reform, which means sort of kind of you're here okay legally and eventually it'll go to citizenship. Uh, I hope not citizenship. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to be a little bit more positive than that. But uh, just like Ann Coulter said in her book, that you know the 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 way people are coming here and our attitude about immigration is destroying our country. Well, yeah, and, and I think Ann Coulter's big point is that all we're going to do is bring in a bunch of Democrats, and then we'll be in the minority forever. Uh, look, as far as Jeb Bush goes, number one, he's boring, uh, and I can't imagine anything more boring than watching Jeb, Bud, Jeb Bush uh, debate a Hillary Clinton, who's also very boring. That's going to be a really boring debate with a couple of robots going back and forth. Obviously, I got a big problem with immigration. Biggest problem with Jeb Bush, I think he's going to lose if he's our candidate. Um, I hope. I hope. If he ends up being our candidate, I hope that the Republicans don't sit home in protest and let our country go down the toilet. With no, Hillary. I agree. I agree. And I've heard the same things that you've heard from people. They're like, well, if Jeb's the candidate, I'm not going to vote. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Because at least with Jeb Bush, maybe I'll get a third or maybe half of what I want. Uh, I have no doubt that militarily we'll be in better shape, economically probably. The border thing uh, ain't going to happen. Hopefully we can rouse enough uh, enough. Uh, you know, uh, Congress people in exactly to, push to, it to go against these stupid immigration uh, policies that keep popping up every couple of years. You know what? If people will will talk enough, if people will get get mad enough and actually get involved enough, we have we have representatives, we have Congress people and senators that can push this forward and force the and force the president to do something. Um, Unfortunately, you know, most people are more interested in, uh, in, uh, you know, uh, American Idol and, you know, the, the, I guess the World Cup. Well, okay. And, and, but here, Ed, I mean, we, we were all excited. You and I were all excited when we got a majority in the Senate because then we controlled both houses, right? Right. Uh -huh, exactly. What have we gotten out of that so far, Ed? Well, the problem is, is that everything that they passed, the, the president vetoes, and all we're hearing about is what the president is doing as executive order. He doesn't even talk to him. They're supposed to be the Senate and the House and the and the President, and they're supposed to be checks and balances. But Obama doesn't even talk to any. I don't know that he talks to his wife, much less the Congress, anybody from the Congress or the Senate. Well, I wouldn't talk to her either, actually, if I was him. But uh, I can't say I'd argue with that. All right, because she's a uh, you know she's she's so mean. say it, Ed. She's, say it. She's so angry. Oh, that's the word. She's so she's so. <laughs> She's a racist. That's it. She's a, you know, she's, you know, I know black people can't be racist because <laughs> they're always the victims of racism, but, but what a chip on her shoulder. You know what? I, I'm looking forward to a president that doesn't have a chip on his shoulder and doesn't have a wife with a chip on her shoulder that will just say, Hey, America is supposed to be great. It was great. We're going to be great again and make me feel good about it. And, and do everything that they need to do, and which brings us to our next uh, uh, our next candidate that got in the race this uh, this week, 
Donald Trump. But, you know, the funny thing was, Ed, is that I heard the announcement. I saw him on O'Reilly, and I thought, oh, man, I'd really love to chime in on the show about Donald Trump. And sure enough, I get the little beep on the phone, and it's you texting me. I thought, ah, we're on the same uh, same wavelength, obviously. Yeah, if, uh, I think I think Donald Trump might be what just what we need if he's serious. But, you know, he's got... Billions of dollars. It's all. It's all. Does he got nine billion or does he have six billion? I don't know how much. I guess how at many that billion. point it almost doesn't even matter. Does well, if it? you have one billion, isn't that isn't that enough? Uh, so I mean, if you've got no, he's rich. Yeah. He's got a he's got a great life. He could you know I I know that I know from from seeing his his history that he starts something he finishes it. Uh, will will he do that with the presidential run? I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see. By the way, I do a really good Trump impersonation. Let's hear it. Okay. Ed, thank you so much for having me on the show. Look, you're a real estate guy. I'm a real estate guy. We know how things work. You've obviously you've read my books. You've been to my seminars and how to make millions in real estate. I'm not a politician, Ed. Uh, look, let's talk about China. Uh, we're spending tri- trillion. We got trillions of dollars in debt to China. I know these people. I work with them every day. You know what they tell me, Ed? They tell me they can't believe we're letting them get away with this. They can't believe it. They're laughing at us, Ed. They are laughing at us. I'll tell you something else. This country's going down the tubes, Ed. I see it. Let's talk about ISIS. ISIS in the Middle East. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go in there. We're going to bomb the hell out of them. We're going to sweep away the debris. And then we're going to build the largest resort, hotel, and casino the world has ever seen. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. It's going to be five stars. We're going to call it Trumpistan. We're going to rename the whole region Trumpistan. Granite countertops and all the bathrooms, Ed, travertine floors. It's going to be gorgeous. Ed, what do you think? I got I got Donald Trump in the studio right next to me. There you go. Let's get on to some Trump clips. Trump, Trump clips. Trump made a uh, Trump made a fan. I thought a fantastic had some fantastic speech. Oh yeah. Um, and I just go, you know what? I sat there watching it and say, you know what? If this guy's serious, if he stays in, it might. I could. I could see myself voting for him. Um, let's play the first clip. When Mexico sends its people. They're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards, and they tell us what we're getting. And it only makes common sense. It only makes common sense. They're sending us not the right people. It's coming from more than Mexico. It's coming from all over South and Latin America, and it's coming probably, probably from the Middle East. But we don't know because we have no protection and we have no competence. We don't know what's happening. And it's got to stop. And it's got to stop fast. I completely agree. You know, in Australia, in Australia, I guess even even in America before, uh, when you came through Ellis Island, if you're if you're immigrating this country, what are you coming here for? What what trade are you bringing? What value do you bring to our country? And uh, and there was and I know that I know uh, I went across. Uh, I went to Australia and New Zealand with my wife on a cruise uh, two three years ago. And I and as I went through customs, I said we're scouting for a new home in case our country goes down the toilet. And the customs agent says, so what if we won't? What if we don't want you? And I said, I guess I'm staying in America then. But, uh, you know, it's they have a choice. 
they have a choice whether you bring any value to their country, and that's where we should be, and I think that's what Donald just said. Correct, and my father-in-law, who came from Mexico legally, uh, you know, went through the whole system, and he had to have a job, he had to have a sponsor, he had to take classes on English and history. All that's kind of out the window now, and it's really, it's really sad. Um, another clip? Next clip. Okay. Years ago, I said, and I love the military, and I want to have the strongest military that we've ever had, and we need it more now than ever, but I said, don't hit Iraq, because you're going to totally destabilize the Middle East. Iran is going to take over the Middle East. Iran and somebody else will get the oil. And it turned out that Iran is now taking over Iraq. Think of it. Iran is taking over Iraq. And they're taking it over big league. We spent $2 trillion in Iraq. $2 trillion. We lost thousands of lives. Thousands in Iraq. We have wounded soldiers who I love. I love. They're great. All over the place. Thousands and thousands of wounded soldiers. And we have nothing. We can't even go there. We have nothing. And every time we give Iraq equipment, the first time a bullet goes off in the air, they leave it. Last week I read 2,000 300 Humvees, these are big vehicles, were left behind for the enemy. 2,000, you would say maybe two, maybe four, 2,300 sophisticated vehicles, they ran and the enemy took them. You're right. We need Trump now. I, you know what, Uh, strengthen the military, you know you remember when we used to have the baddest, the baddest military in the world, and you know no one would mess with us because they knew. Um, we don't have that same feeling anymore. Can I ask an obvious question? Please do. Couldn't they have just driven the Humvees away? Isn't that faster than running away on foot, anyways? I mean, yes, <laughs> that's what I thought. But th- but think about it. If uh, if you if you left your six year old kid. With, and I've made this comment before is we said, hey, we trained these guys for six months or we trained them for two years and then we didn't leave anybody there to, to help support them. You guys protect yourself now. If you left your six-year-old kid there with a with a Humvee and said, hey, uh, you're on your own, you know, go make some money and feed yourself and you're on your own. You you know, you're big enough to, you know how to talk, you know how to walk, you know how to feed yourself and you can you can take care of your bathroom issues. Um, and here's some here's some vehicles and good luck to you and push them out of the nest they're not ready right and that's basically you know hey you got a bunch of a bunch of committed committed radical guys that want to cut people's heads off and they're coming and you'd think they would have driven them away but you know it's such an interesting uh, parallel i think playing the bush speech pieces and the trump speech pieces there's just a whole different vibe going on there Ed. Uh exactly and even though some of the some of the same stuff they're saying i want a president that inspires me yep okay let's go to the next clip I'll bring back our jobs from China, from Mexico, from Japan, from so many places. I'll bring back our jobs and I'll bring back our money. Right now, think of this. We owe China $1.3 trillion. We owe Japan more than that. So they come in, 
They take our jobs, they take our money, and then they loan us back the money, and we pay them in interest. And then the dollar goes up, so their deal's even better. How stupid are our leaders? How stupid are these politicians to allow this to happen? How stupid are they? That is, uh, that is the fact. We have people leading our country that don't have a clue about business. And, you know, Trump has never had a, you know, you listen to, to uh, Ann Coulter and what she said that it needs to be a former governor, um, which I'm certainly in favor of a former gov- governor rather than a former senator or a, uh, or a representative. But um, there's a lot to be said for all the business, the business savvy that, that uh, Donald Trump has. Oh, for sure. And look, there's a reason why you and I get the chills listening to this guy. It's because he basically has a big mouth with no filter, kind of like you and me. Uh Uh, There's no political correctness there. Um, You know, he's not worried about that at all. He can match Hillary's war chest, obviously, as far as financial backing. He pretty much tells it like it is. And obviously, you know, hey, we may still have some reservations about this guy, but the honesty, the 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 blunt honesty is kind of refreshing. It's kind of uh, kind of what people liked about Chris Christie before he got all all Twitter pated over before he hugged Obama. Yeah, and uh, you know, started crying because he got a chance to talk to Bruce Springsteen on the phone. That's nice. That's that's nice, isn't it? Chris Christie, big hefty guy. He got all all teary eyed over meeting Bruce Springsteen. Oh, geez. Nice. Not unbelievable. Okay, we got another clip. You know. When President Obama was elected, I said, well, the one thing I think he'll do well, I think he'll be a great cheerleader for the country. I think he'd be a great spirit. He was vibrant. He was young. I really thought that he would be a great cheerleader. He's not a leader. That's true. You're right about that. But he wasn't a cheerleader. He's actually a negative force. He's been a negative force. He wasn't a cheerleader. He was the opposite. We need somebody that can take the brand of the United States and make it great again. It's not great again. We need, we need somebody, we need somebody that literally will take this country and make it great again. We do. We need that. Yeah, I think if we are going to see some major changes in this country, it does have to kind of come from this sort of mindset. Uh, it's it's it's. Don't tell me what I can't do. Uh, you know, let's talk about and let's make things happen. Let's make changes that need to happen. Um, you know, what can you say? Yeah, I like what I hear. You know, uh, and I have no doubt. I have no doubt that he'll. He knows how to create jobs. He understands uh, how how overregulating kills business, um, and business is what creates jobs. You know what? He's talking. Let's create jobs, and Hillary's out there saying, "Let's give, let's let's uh, let's hand out some, let's let's even up the score between the rich people and the poor people. Hand out some checks. Let's redistribute wealth, which is pretty much all any of them are saying at this point, which is kind of lame. Um, you know, obviously, when I first heard about Trump jumping in, you know, the first thought in my mind was, okay, this guy will probably be in the top 10, will probably be in the first debate, and he's going to turn the debate into kind of a circus. And then I thought, you know what? That's not necessarily a bad thing, because number one, I like a circus. I think circuses are very entertaining, and I think that you're going to double the amount of people that are going to tune into that debate with Trump in there. Exactly, and that's that's one of the things, kind of what 
uh, I was talking with Ann Coulter about how where where she thinks just writing her book is going to make a difference. I don't know that enough people that vote know how to read. And putting this on TV, if if Trump gets uh, Democrats that watch The Apprentice to watch the uh, the debate and learn, then maybe that maybe that. I think that's a good thing. You know, there's a thought that just kind of came to me. Having Trump in the debate is sort of almost like having you and me in there, meaning that we're going to like say things and maybe bring up issues to the forefront that otherwise maybe won't be brought up. And I think he's going to call out some people like Jeb Bush on his immigration policy, maybe Rubio, who knows, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but I think there's definitely going to be things that are going to come up that otherwise wouldn't with him in that debate. Because he doesn't, he hasn't been trained. You know, hey, you're fired. He's not, he's not trained on, he, he hasn't run his business by sugarcoating stuff. You say what's on your mind and you don't sugarcoat it. I know uh, when I have things going on in my company, um, I don't like weirdness around you. If, if I'm mad at somebody or if something, somebody said something that bothered me, rather than, than let it fester and think about it and all that stuff, hey, bring the bring that person in and tell them. And I'm not quick to fire somebody over making a mistake, but I'm quick to make sure they understand, hey, this is not going the way it needs to go and how you're handling it is wrong. And because I, I want someone I want someone to know I don't like having that weird stuff that everybody's walking. I used to hate working for somebody and thinking, I know I'm going to get fired. Uh, I just wonder if it's going to be today. Where or, was that? <laughs> uh, where was that? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, that was many places. <laughs> you know what? Every single job I ever had, I got fired, um, except for uh, the last one at Sears, uh, working for somebody else. And it was, and it was all um, high productivity Bad attitude. But now you're self-employed. <laughs> exactly. Now I can't. You know that's and that's what we need. We need people that that have attitude like that to build companies in this country and go out there and make make things happen. Right. And and again, I look at the whole Trump thing, and then of course, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, let now let's step back. You know, obviously, we're a little excited about what we're hearing, but let's step back and think, okay. You know, does this guy have broad appeal? I mean, will he get the youth vote? Will he get the women's vote? Will he get minority votes? I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, do you have an answer to that question? I, I think I think the kids like him because he's on TV, mm-hmm. and that's so they can identify with okay. it. Um, I know he gets the guys' vote because he and he obviously has a way with the women. Um, you know, my, I think I think Don likes him. Um, not for any uh, any woman thing, but I think she likes the way he's he's straightforward and I think he has some good a- appeal. And you know, he's getting uh he's getting um he even got something on the Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon put a, a funny uh, mixture of some of the stuff he said on uh on uh Jimmy Fallon show. Let's play that little clip. In a speech from Trump Tower today, Donald Trump officially announced that he also is running for president. Uh, At least I I think that's what he was announcing. When was the last time you saw a Chevrolet in Tokyo? I hire people. They do a website. It costs me three dollars. The sun will rise. The moon will set. People that know me like me. Does my family like me? I think so. And I promise I will never be in a bicycle race. I'm really rich. First of all, what's wrong with being in a bicycle race? Uh, well, he was he was actually if you if you heard the whole thing, he was making fun of John Kerry who Oh, okay. See, who, that's cool. John Kerry who uh 72 years old was on a bike, fell, broke his leg. He cra- No, let's be clear, Ed. He crashed his bicycle into a curb. 
crashed into a curb or, he, bumped, or he bumped into a curb and fell. And fell. Yeah. As a bicycle owner, I'm sorry. I find that very, very funny. I also think it's a really good thing because hopefully it's postponing a lot of those nuclear talks with Iran. Uh, exactly. And you know what? And all the, all the idiotic uh, negotiating power that uh, John Kerry and, and Barack Obama have. And Do you really want a guy who's Secretary of State that can't ride a bicycle? Uh, no, no, but I, you know, I have a history of, I broke my leg on a bicycle. Oh, solo, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring up something unpleasant, but it was, but it was, it was a, uh, a defect in the, on um, some work that the bike shop did to it. Right. Made well, the weren't me made the, made the chain fall off. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, so that was, uh, that's, a, that's a historic story, but, uh, you, you brought up the, you brought up, uh, debates. Yep. The first debates coming up on August 6th on Fox and there's. There's only, they're only going to take the top 10. Right. And that brings us to an important point because, in my opinion, or at least I think you got to look at it, does that mean that we're going to hear from 10 people and there's going to be other people that we don't hear from? And the people that we don't hear from are their political campaigns almost effectively over at that point. Um, and I put together just a quick list of who I think might be on that. And some of these people have declared, some of them haven't. But right now, I would think, based on who we, who's going to run and who we think might run, the top 10 would include, and you tell me if you think I'm wrong in any of this. Hold on, I'm jotting. I'm jotting okay, I'm Bush. Jotting. Bush, yes. Cruz. Yes. Rubio. Yes. Trump. Yes. Ben Carson. Yes. Huckabee. Not sure. Okay. Rand Paul. Uh, yeah. Scott Walker. Um, yes. Rick Perry. Yes. And then if he runs, Chris Christie. I don't like him any more than you do, but I still think he's probably going to have enough support to be in that top 10. Was that 10? That was 10. So So that leaves out Lindsey Graham, Carly Fiorina, John Kasich, Bobby Jindal, uh, Pataki, you told me, is not running, apparently. Uh, So these are people that we wouldn't hear from. I don't know. What do you think on that list? I'm going to take out Huckabee and put Fiorina. Okay. I think Fiorina's been on TV You think she'll have more support than Huckabee? Um. I think I think so. I don't, you know what? There, Huckabee's a nice guy. I just I don't think he's getting enough. I don't think he's on in the media enough. He's got he's got a a syndrome like what a, a Rudy had in in two thousand eight. He's not on TV. People out of out of a out of a and you know Santorum's not going to be in there. Chris Christie. I forgot about Santorum. Yeah, Santorum. Santorum's a waste. Santorum doesn't need to run. Uh, Lindsey Graham doesn't need to run. Nope. Um, Pataki got out already. Um, and then there's uh, uh, John Kasich, and he hasn't declared. And there's also uh, Bobby Jindal. Bobby Jindal. Um, I like Bobby Jindal. Um, John Kasich, I just I haven't warmed up to him yet. And uh, but well, the big question facing us all is: Could Trump beat Hillary? What do you say, you Ed? I say, I say, absolutely. You think so? I think he'll make her look like a fool on on stage if it's okay. Same. Well, that I don't doubt. But could that win? That's the big question. Oh, we just need to win. So we're we got a lot of stuff to talk about, and this will continue because we've got a year and a half left till this happens. But the the debates start in a month, a little over a month. Uh, hey, go to edhoffman.net and sign up for push ups for charity. Scott McAfee will be there, and uh, we're out of time. And uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. And this is Scott McPhee, and uh, thanks for listening to the main event. Thanks for having me, Ed. And we'll be back again with you next week. Hey, 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.